Hello and welcome to Life and Dev. Uh, this is another podcast episode where games and life meet. This is the Maze special, I should say, first of all. So it's just been International Games Week. There's been people coming from all over the world and I've been really lucky to score a fantastic guest who's from the UAE. So settle into Life and Dev. I'm Elise Terran, your host, and we're about to get started. So, first of all, hi. Hello. <laughs> Fakra Amazori, thank yes. you so much for joining me here today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So Fakra Amazori is from the UAE and she has a new and indie uh, group of people who will come together under the Hybrid Humans um, uh, Collective. Game Studio. Game Studio. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she's been over for a maze doing a HyperTalk. So yeah. tell me about your HyperTalk first of all. Well, the HyperTalk idea was like to introduce myself to folks over here and to tell them about the stuff that I do there and to tell them about the community that we have in uh, the UAE. And how have you been community forming in the UAE? Well, we're pretty small. I only, well, for me, I only got into the industry like 2011. So, um, and I started the company three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, our community is quite small. We're only like a handful of, of guys. Mm-hmm. I'm the only girl, which is not too surprising, I suppose. Um, but yeah, we're quite small. But there are a lot of uh, students who are interested in in this industry. So probably like five years-ish, uh, we're going to grow into like a bigger one. So students are starting off now in, in game design courses or? Game design courses, computer science. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really have a full-fledged game design course. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always under computer science. Uh, but they're, yeah, they're taking interest. Like my niece, who when she was in the fifth grade, uh, she took a computer um, or she took a game design course. Um, in the third grade? Uh, fifth grade. Oh, fifth gr- uh, still, in the fifth grade? Yes. Wow, uh, they're okay. taking Scratch under their computer class, which was pretty cool. She came home, ran to, like, to my place, like, hey, I'm making a game for my school project. Like, <laughs> super, how can I help? So we sat down, like, I asked her questions because I need to get her into the mindset of being a game designer. Mm-hmm. Like she can learn to do the program. But like, um, I kept asking her questions, like what if, and what would happen and that type of stuff she really got excited and then she ended up creating a game with balloons and like flying into the sky <laughs> and with clouds and stuff <laughs> there's definitely yeah there's definitely like a design methodology that mm. that can be taught but it takes a really long time to get your head around it i think right so right. <laughs> yeah for me growing up uh, i thought games were done by unicorns it wasn't something that i was exposed to like the other side of games mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it's so great to see these students are like getting introduced to these uh, courses and subjects just get their heads around these subjects and like mm-hmm. tell them about the prospect of like there's so many different uh, careers that you can choose instead of like the typical ones mm-hmm. yeah and how did you get your start uh, my start was actually in college when I was about to graduate. Uh, the professor was like, how about we create a game instead of a Flash application? I literally jumped out of my seat saying, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I looked around the room and my classmates were not as into it. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a group project since they were not interested as much as I was. Uh, I was like, screw it. I'll do this on my own. So I did the requirements uh, in the three weeks time and I went like the extra mile because I enjoyed it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to create a maze game 
and we created a maze game and introduced a second player and against an AI mode and with three additional levels. Uh, so it's pretty fun to like uh, do that. I wanted to create everything from art, animation, to sounds, uh, like actual sound effects. I recorded myself into Odyssey, mm-hmm. <laughs> like to use the sound effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music in GarageBand, they like mucked around on the keyboard. And it was like, okay, this sounds kind of okay-ish. It's mm-hmm. not so disturbing. Uh, that I, yeah, I wanted to see what would, what would I be interested in the most. So I loved everything about it. And after graduation, I thought like, okay, this is a real thing that I can actually do for for a career. So mm-hmm. I looked into options. How can I pursue this option? Mm-hmm. And there was a new um, there was a new course um, was uh, going to be introduced in the country in Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. um, and I was living in LA city at that time. Um, so once that course started, I enrolled, and I also had a day job. So once I got my acceptance into that academy program, I was like, bye-bye. I sent an email to an HR manager saying, like, I have to go um, to continue my studies. Not just bye-bye. That's a shame. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In my head, like, like, like bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for all the fish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I got accepted into the program. It was quite an international class. Um, we had people coming in from Australia and from uh, France, from South Africa. Africa, from Lebanon. It was really cool. We were only 10 students, though. And yeah, I loved everything about it. Uh, I never got bored. And it keeps me um, still like interested because with every project, I learn something new. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what sort of games did you grow up playing as well? So what was your inspiration uh, for? Inspiration has to be a lot of stuff, but I grew up playing like um, Mario games um, wait, wait which console everything we, we <laughs> had we had everything like um i had some the the boys in the neighborhood had like uh different consoles uh, we would like hop around different houses like play different games would go to the arcade um play street fighter maybe um some adventure games like i forgot their names because like i would describe them by their looks i wouldn't like care about what what were they called mm-hmm. like that pink guy here is game. kirby <laughs> no it wasn't kirby it was um the, uh, it was like the big um chubby guy with the pink hair with pigs oh wait them. are we talking about street fighter now no no not street fighter it was like an adventure game platformer <gasps> ah, okay yeah with pigs and a pink guy yeah with like his tummy he would jump like on top of them um that was that was funny that was a memorable game uh but yeah those are the kind of games i grew up with i uh, one of my inspiration is odd world mm-hmm. um i played that with my brother on his pc mm-hmm. um and that was pretty fun i love that game the yeah. puzzles the, the story behind it i didn't really understand much about what was like happening about capitalism that game but then i looked back into it I was like oh that's pretty cool the creator um uh Lauren something um he's he's pretty amazing i got his like book um later on and i did a paper on him cool yeah so those are the kind of games that were were like in in our childhood sonic was a big part um what else 
Did you grow up with games in English as well, or were they localized? No, no, they were all in English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None, none of them were localized. Only like recently, a few years ago, mm -hmm. um, they're in Arabic. But it's so awkward for me to look at play a game in Arabic. Mm -hmm. Feels like a different language. I'm not so used to it. Um, last game I tried in Arabic was Tomb Raider on uh, PlayStation, I think. Mm -hmm. um, the newest uh, the, version. The remade, yeah. yeah. The first, uh, the first game. Mm -hmm. And I tried it in Arabic. I was like, yeah, let's try this. Let's give it a shot. It was so awkward. I kept dying because I couldn't understand the instructions in Arabic. And I was oh, like, wow. Yeah, yeah. So it was badly localized. Or it wasn't it was badly just... localized. It was just like weird for me to like read it. It took me a longer time to understand what, what I was supposed to like do because mm -hmm. it was in Arabic. It was a lot easier for me to like see it in English. I'm just like far more used to it. Plus, don't really do a lot with Arabic mm -hmm. except for like school, maybe newspaper if i would read it um uh but yeah it was like really awkward i couldn't like i kept dying <laughs> so i switched to english so i would do it better <laughs> and then you improved <laughs> yeah a lot a lot more switched to english I, was supposed, to improve. i was supposed to like be pressing two buttons but i wasn't sure which buttons i should be like pressing mm -hmm. at what time um so yeah i don't really do arabic uh in games i prefer mm -hmm. english it feels more natural mm-hmm I also heard recently that there's not a lot of game design resources in Arabic. Um, I believe none. They're all community created. Mm -hmm. Some people volunteer their work to translate um, some sources in Arabic. Um, programming in Arabic language. Uh, there's one guy, a Lebanese person, um, who's based in the U.S. Uh, he created an Arabic-based um, programming language um it's called Qalb as in heart mm -hmm. which is uh, really cute i think <laughs> i haven't tried it but um it exists um but yeah there are not a lot of material do you think that's a big uh barrier with people trying to get into game design and programming as well i've actually never considered that um because i always consume things in english yeah um, yeah, yeah. But that's a really good question. I think it could be possibly. Um, back home in the UAE, we're pretty international like mm -hmm. uh, society. So most of us speak English and we're exposed to English in a lot. Like English is like second language to us. Everyone speaks it there. Um, but perhaps like other countries might have a difficult time in that. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it could contribute to it. But if it is introduced in schools, then that's a great first step. Yeah. To, like get them involved uh, as a hobby or as a career later on. Yeah. And what do you think your biggest barrier at the moment is with uh, putting together your indie collective um, and your indie company? Yeah. Um, as a company, I think it's really hard to find the right people to hire because I can't find them in, in the UAE. Like uh, the interest, the experience is not there. Um, so I have to like to bring in people from the outside. And it's really hard to like find the right person through like online communication, through Skype and whatnot. And we're not too sure how committed they are. And they, they need to be hired as an employee under a company. And then we see how it goes. Um, typically, my process would be to like give this prospective um, team member a challenge to do. Um, and then um, we work with them um, online. Um, for a month mm -hmm. to see how because like clicking with the right team member and how we how well we work together as a team is really crucial uh, so before getting into like the whole paperwork uh, paperwork process uh, I need to make sure that is actually 
um, that is actually good. Like we work well together. And then, yeah, uh, that's been like the most uh, challenging part, really, to just like find the right person. We uh, were team uh, three core members, mm -hmm. uh, Luke and Ali, and Henry just joined us last week from Brazil. So that's exciting. We've been, we've been needing an artist for a while now. So mm -hmm. four months to get the paperwork done. His was particularly um, challenging because of like silly reasons. I'm not too sure what was happening in the back end, but yeah. So the bureaucratic process is really one of the biggest issues that you have. Yeah, people don't really understand what is like a game design company, what is a game studio. Mm -hmm. When I first got my company registered so I can get like a business license, it took me two months um, to get it issued because they were not sure what a game studio was. So well, they didn't know where to classify you? Or? No, they thought I was a factory manufacturing toys. So if you would go to a person and tell them I'm a game company, they're like, huh, are you a factory? Do you like manufacture toys? Like, no, I sit opposite of a computer for like 12 hours at least. I touch nothing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, two months and I got my business license issued and I run as an IT company now. They were like, are you okay with this? I'm like, are you okay with this? I need to run as a legal entity. If you're cool with that, I'm okay with it. Just give me the paperwork, stamp sign. Like, I want to get out of here. And if this is the case, just registering a business, I can imagine yeah. that there is no funding bodies to assist you as well. No, or very little. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, this is all a self-funded uh, um, uh, venture. Mm -hmm. uh, first thing I did, um, so I worked at Ubisoft for a short time, mm -hmm. but I realized like that wasn't for me, um, the type of games that they create. I prefer to create player-centric experiences. Um, so after Ubisoft, first thing I did was to get a day job because I had already like planned on starting my own studio um, and then started the whole paperwork. Um, I thought there'll be a bit more support because uh, mm. we have angel investors from like government, but they really didn't understand what a game studio was, like with the money and the all like business plan stuff. They're like, what, why, how, what is this? Um, so yeah, um, it didn't really go through. I was like, okay, you've always been like a plan B for me. <laughs> My day job uh, was like a uh, plan A um, because I need to have that money saved up to, so I can start this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been doing that for three years. Um, day job obligations of eight hours and then studio until yeah. whenever. Ah, the bootstrap. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it says on your Twitter profile that you're an astronaut in the making. Yep, yep. I grew up wanting to be an astronaut. So I will make that dream happen. I'll travel to space and explore it in one way or another. And uh, I'll make games uh, through the process. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think uh, um, it'll, be, it'll be a possibility in the, the near future. Mm. Yeah. Either like just orbiting around earth or actually like diving into space you don't have to go that far to actually get to space that's the crazy thing is yeah. like uh so i was in edinburgh maybe seven years ago mm -hmm. and there was a guy who was doing a performance piece which was about okay. getting to space <laughs> and so he climbed on a ladder the distance that you would need to go into space over the period of the of the fringe what? festival uh in edinburgh really yeah so he went up and down a ladder in a space costume, uh, and every time he got to the top of the ladder, he'd put a little star on the ceiling of the uh, place where he was doing the performance, and they moved the ladder slowly till they filled uh, the ceiling wow. full of stars, and he uh, 
by his upward and downwards mm-hmm. uh, step climbing, he uh, would have reached space if he was able to wow. climb only vertically. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, he looked Let's like hell by that. the end of it. <laughs> like really looked like hell by the end of it, but wow. it was pretty impressive. Yeah. So wow. it's not that far to get into space. You just need a ladder. And yeah. yeah. Just need a ladder. <laughs> yeah. Just like, a ladder. Just a ladder that can like stand up vertically for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can build one to moon. Yeah. Right. A little bit further than just what's legally, uh, <laughs> legally space. But yeah. yeah sure. Sure. <laughs> All right. I'll get started on that and go back home. <laughs> <laughs> so to go back to your games, um, mm. you said you're inter- interested in really playful interactions. Mm-hmm. So um, what is like, what are you mainly basing your games around? Is it mechanics or do you have like themes that you really love to work with? Or? Um, we like build projects based on what we want to do at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done three games so far and they're quite different from each other. And I really like that. It's interesting for us to explore different things. Uh, first game we did is called Hop Hop Away mm-hmm. um, and that game is about the well it portrays the animals uh, abusement in the entertainment business and we wanted to uh, push this game for the casual market because I thought if we're going to run as a game company we need to make something very accessible to people so we're going to start working on mobile games and I've never done that before mm-hmm. uh, for like my past experience and the projects I've done before they were all PC games and so that was my first mobile game project um so the game is about these abused bunnies in a circus and we need to help them escape the circus to get to the happy farm um it has a bit of a dark twist to it if you pay enough attention to like the world itself calling it a happy farm that really sounds like there's going to be a dark twist to it yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they need to escape from this ringmaster that abuses them. Uh, Mm -hmm. The further they get away from the circus, um, the the injuries on the bunnies heal up. Um, And uh, yeah, um, one of the world environments is a city. And I based that around Abu Dhabi because I wanted to see my city in a game. I don't get to see that often. Um, So I thought, um, yeah, I enjoyed like building that um, city and like looking at the buildings, the street signs, um, just like small details here and there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the game itself, I didn't want to like portray animals in a bad way. We have like a hedgehog in the game in one of the worlds. It's a, it's in um, a forest. And uh, the forest has this hedgehog. So we didn't want to portray the animal as being evil and why would they kill or harm the bunny with like no reason. So we chose a hedgehog because they've got spikes. So if you touch their the top of their spikes, you enter the bunny. Um, but if you tap on a banana and the hedgehog would run after it because it wants to eat it, they would slip and then it would be safe to walk. To walk right everybody knows the bananas are slippery. I know. <laughs> yep. Mario Kart inserted. <laughs> Nice. Uh, King Kong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we thought, but like these small details of how do we make this world kind of work well together. Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy with the game, except like it didn't do well uh, for different reasons. I'm not sure. Either the game sucks, marketing was bad because we got robbed by a company that was supposed to help us with marketing. Yeah, yeah, ah. that happened. Uh, we were we contracted the U.S.-based company to help us push the game uh, through like uh, the press, mm-hmm. but we got robbed for like a couple of thousand dollars. I'm like, like why? So they did nothing to they help did you. Nothing. And just, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. They just took the money and like we we got like featured on five 
dollar website that if you would give them a review to do. And the funny thing is that when they like did the press release, it was called like hybrid humans from Abu Dhabi, comma Dubai, as in Dubai is the country. And oh no. Abu Dhabi is a city yeah. in the country of Dubai. I'm like, right. oh, dude, just like the press release obviously has Abu Dhabi UAE. How would you like get that wrong? Um, so yeah, they did such a terrible job of that. Mm, so that game didn't do too well. But our second game, we wanted to do something uh, with social uh, interaction. Mm -hmm. So we created Who Lurks. A uh, game based on board game experience, specifically Deception. And we wanted to take that experience to the most popular device that people use, which is mobile. So you play around, uh, you play this game with a group of friends, um, and one of you is an alien. You have to figure out who the alien is using a single device. There's no bullshit of connecting your mobile device to others or no need for internet. Just like whip it out and start the game. Yeah. I really like, I've only seen the logo of this so far and okay. it has this like super 80s, yeah. uh, really neon look to it, which yeah. which looks kind of fantastic. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Tron and Dirty Dancing, having some sort of kind love child. Of, yeah, yeah. Okay. I like that description. <laughs> uh, we started the game with a different look and mm -hmm. then when Stranger Thing came, mm -hmm. um, people were really into 80s. I loved the show and I was like, oh man, we maybe need to like redesign the game to look like 80s inspired and we went ahead and did that <laughs> it was super fun to to get that uh, to the game and i've noticed that i use a lot of pink and purple in the game i'm not sure why but uh it seems to be like a consistent theme in the games so far i've only seen you in pink but I yeah. mean, I've, I've seen you, I think, three days. <laughs> okay. And I mean, that's probably a testament to also coming and trying to pack okay. you know, a small amount of clothes yeah. for a period of time. But you are like, you wear a lot of pink and purple so okay. far. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just translating through in your games. Maybe so, maybe so. <laughs> I really like orange and red. So I think that that kind of tends to go everywhere that's as well. That's nice. That's yeah. nice. Orange and red. I like those combo. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a weird combo. But yeah, I you know, I think you kind of go with where you naturally... Maybe. The colors you naturally uh, tend to gravitate towards. Maybe, yeah. The alien is like purple and pink. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? Right? <laughs> also neon as well? Neon as well, yeah. yeah the eyes are like flashing. Mm -hmm. uh, and the game itself was like also inspired by Battlestar Galactica because mm -hmm. that show is so good. Uh, working on this project made me um, like look into sci-fi movies, TV show a lot more closely because in the game itself we have to have missions. So we've took, taken inspiration from different media outlets and like put them in these uh, missions that we have. <laughs> As a, lot, a lot of the stuff you've mentioned is really uh, like US centric, the, the IP that you've talked about, like Stranger Things and mm -hmm. Battlestar Galactica. Is right. there anything from home that you really, like you said, you based the city in your first game yeah. um, based yeah. on Abu Dhabi. Is there anything you really pick up from the area that you're in and the people you're with and the culture that you come from that, you can't find in these in these movies that you bring mm. with you in a really with a different perspective i don't know like i guess we because we grew up with like western exposure yeah. media and japanese media as well um so it feels like part of us because like a lot of us are are doing that but it's still uh, our childhood like even if it's not yeah think, yeah. <laughs> yeah it is yeah, yeah. Uh, but like from our own stuff um there is a game that i want to create uh, about a story in the family my aunts uh, specifically um but i need to do it right and i don't think i have like 
the right game for that yet. So when the time's ready, I want to create that. But I don't really look at games like to take something from my culture and just push it for the sake of doing that. Uh, our current game is an online multiplayer racing game with rhythm elements, and it's about racing with falcons. So f- falconry sport is part of our culture in the yep. UAE. Um, so I've taken that one aspect and like we're going to send it to, like, to the global market. Mm-hmm. It's also a thing in Pakistan, Morocco, and Mongolia. Um, so when there's like a shared common interest across multiple cultures, I, I tend to like um, go with that. Yeah, but there's like one specific stories. We've got like folklore stories as well in the UAE that uh, we've got like ideas to explore and create this game specific to us. Uh, but I think that could be like a big game right now mm-hmm. that we need to do it right. So I want to like just uh, keep it on the side. That's a good idea for, for them. Yeah. yeah, until you're sure you can make the things you want to do at the the level you want to. Exactly. Especially, I think it's dangerous as well to do that. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like I need to do it with the right people, yeah. with the right team, with the right like um, cohesiveness to the game itself. Like to to do it right. I don't want to muck it around, especially like since no one is doing that, or maybe there are back home. I'm not aware of them, but we need to do it right because if it is going for a global audience, they need to get the right um, message, feeling, or perspective out of this game. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be really unique insight for people who aren't exposed yeah. to what you come from and True. where you're from. And it's, True. I mean, it's really, in Europe, it's really foreign for sure. It is, it is. Like, I've learned so many things from video games, like things that I didn't expect that were actually, like, part of different cultures because I play them, like, oh, okay, cool. I'm, like, familiar with it. Yeah. So if you play Watch Dogs 2 and go to San Francisco, there's, like, similarities of the two cities. Like, yeah, I've been there. I played a lot of, like, Assassin's Creed. I love that franchise. Mm -hmm. So last year when I went to Indicate Europe in Paris, um, I I looked at the city like oh yes I climbed up, the, up that building I walked through this <laughs> and I like I did this and I did that I got like so excited like today seeing the museum or the church um, here in Berlin I was like oh man they need to do a level of Assassin's Creed in this so I can like know more and look <laughs> at the details of this like gorgeous building uh, a lot closer it's nice that you do your sightseeing through games yeah That's yeah pretty cool. <laughs> exactly yeah. Uh, I want to go to Turkey and Italy next because the played so much of Assassin's Creed there and it feels like familiar I've already seen the city through a different experience than traveling mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, yeah that's why games are freaking awesome <laughs> <laughs> agreed yeah. <laughs> I think we can definitely agree on that yeah um, I think that's also interesting too is that you get a idea of a city based on the maker's mm-hmm. idea of this of the city as well right so um, coming from a particular place and being able to represent the place like or to show your perspective of of place I think is a really interesting way of also exposing other people to you know where you're from or what you love about where you're from true um and when I think about growing up and I describe some of the things that I grew up with people are kind of like what (laughs) and you forget that you have this that you bring with you um you know the the little quirks of where you're from and little quirks of growing up the way you did and um 
only I mean I'm also you know from a very Western culture, so mm. um, I guess it's not as as foreign. But there are some things I talk about, and people just look at me and said, "You do what?" <laughs> and it's it's those kind of things. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, I didn't I didn't grow up in Europe, and these guys did not grow up in Australia, and they really, yeah, <laughs> it's those things which yeah. I think are the are the funny little. I think they're the things you get a little bit homesick for too. Sometimes mm. when you're uh, when you're away, well, for me, I think. Well, well, like uh, seeing certain kind of candy will like make you um, like remember something from your childhood. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's you can't you just can't describe some of the weird foods that you grew up. For instance, mm. like we have these really odd biscuits called iced vovos. Okay. Um, and I. They're from an Australian biscuit company. Uh, I've only seen them there before. They're probably the weirdest biscuit ever. I don't really eat them because I think they're kind of gross. What are they? Yeah, it's like um, it's like a normal, what you imagine is like a normal kind of, you know, your regular kind of biscuit, which is okay. like uh, like not too grainy, not too anything, just mm-hmm. a regular biscuit. And then it's got like this pink icing on top. Okay. And then it's got a strip of jam in the middle. Okay. And then it's covered in coconut. Coconut. I know. It's called an ice vovo. No one knows why okay. an ice vovo exists. They've kind of come up in um, Australian culture and they've been printed on brooches and right. yeah, fabrics and things. But, the, you know, these these kind of weird references, you know, like when you have your um, – you're talking about, you know, business biscuits mm. growing up and, you know, everyone talks about the ice I vovo. I love Tim Tams. Tim Tams are so good. Tim Tams have gone international in a way that's unexpected. Yeah. 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 The caramel ones are like to die for. You have a little caramel thing going on. I so. do. Anything caramel is good. Anything <laughs> caramel is good. Any games about caramel so far? My first 3D project that I did was in um, this bizarre world that was supposed to be like two planets and I've turned it into like this candy slash clowns slash toys planet weird creation and it's called Caramelland and I'm really really happy with that project because they just like went crazy with it and it looks edible it does kind of like creepy too Um, (laughs) it's got clowns in it it does it does but like creepy clowns um, yeah i kind of if you say clowns i'm gonna go straight to creepy yeah okay good good because <laughs> me too yes <laughs> you like um this game is like an fps and you spawn out of these monsters uh faces like out of their mouth and you get to see their teeth and there is a jello to jump on but if you don't jump on top of the jello you can go through it and you can hear this like squishy disgusting noise <laughs> like that kind of noise and uh, if you go up to the top rooms it's like a jack in a box Mm -hmm. and it has clowns uh, on the walls and if you uh, stand near any of them they will like whisper I love you or one of them will like have um, like uh, like closing eyes and they would be like weeping and yeah I went full on weird with that game I really like it (laughs) It sounds like it. You've yeah. got this like little circus thing going Can as I, well. Maybe no, it wasn't circusy. It's I don't know what to call that really. That's why I went with Cameraland. It's bizarre. Um, yeah. No, like you mentioned the clowns, and in your other game, you're working with circus animals as well. True. Is there something yeah. there? Not really. No, not particularly. <laughs> like different times for both. Mm. Circus fits the entertainment business because we all pay money to see circus animals perform. Uh, but yeah, no, that was like less circusy, more just clowns on the walls. Yeah. 
jellos and like gum machines around the world to interact with. <laughs> Wafer biscuits to um, popsicles. So in your game, candy that you grew up with or mm. just random candy? or um, No, just random candy. Stuff that I could model <laughs> and I could texture. And yeah, yeah, nothing in particular. Chuta, uh, chupa chups um, is like lollipops, I think. Chupa. chupa. Chupa chups. Oh, ah, yeah. I think I call them chupa chups, but I don't know how you say that either. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got no idea how you say that. Well, I call them chupa chups. I think that's how they're called. Um, at least how they are spelled with the U and A, uh, or an A and U, I'm not too sure. Uh, but yeah, I love those. And they've, or they exist in that creepy world. <laughs> they're a funny thing too, because Salvador Dali originally designed their packaging. What? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's odd. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen um, a tweet uh, a week ago and they had like childhood candy. And the funny thing, like someone that's not like in the UAE um, created that post. But all of these retweets happened because all everyone from around the world can relate to these candies and they mm-hmm. grew up with them. One of them was like Chupa Chups with Buffy the Vampire Slayer on the package. And I'm like, yes, I, I had those. <laughs> when I saw pictures online, I was like, man, I need to find them. So I looked around the city and I did find them. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer is awesome. <laughs> and on Chupa Chups. Sorry, yeah, oh, yeah. sorry Chupa Chups. Yeah. I really don't know how to say this. I think Just, this is how we do it in Australia, but you know, that, that doesn't mean much. That's fine. <laughs> we're talking about the same thing. Yes, exactly. Okay. We know what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So how long are you in Europe for in general? Um, I don't really travel much. I mm-hmm. try to save up and use all my money for the company. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tr- doing the responsible thing. Um, but since last year, I've traveled the most, I think. Um, I attended my first GDC Europe last year. And it was amazing to see so many game developers. It was such an odd feeling. I like climbed up the stairs and I looked around the room. There were so many. I took a moment to take it in internally. I was like screaming. I was like, you all are my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> but on the outside, it's just like cool. I didn't like show it. But, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was yeah, it was like such a bizarre feeling uh, to see all of these people here in that place, like wanted to learn about game design, game development, talk about that subject. Uh, back home, all of the events that we have are very artsy. Mm-hmm. Um, the conversation for games doesn't come up, and if it would, it would be talking about video games, not the making of them. Um, so yeah, it was pretty exciting. It was like really, really, really happy to be there. Uh, and then uh, my second trip was to Indicate uh, Europe mm-hmm. and Paris. And then I went to GDC to do a talk there. That was pretty amazing because I've always wanted to go to GDC and do a talk. Mm-hmm. But I never thought that I could be, they could be on the same trip. So it was like achievement unlocked. I'm really happy, proud of that. Uh, and then Amy's. Yeah. And Mace um, was pretty rad. I think so too. I think it's uh, my favorite event so far. It's so chill, so relaxed. People are really nice. Uh, they're all nice wherever I meet game developers. I think as a community as a whole, it's really, really nice and good and very accepting. I go to different cities, not 
expect, knowing what to expect, looking like a Muslim and an Arab. I'm like, okay, let's see. Um, but it's been really awesome. Inside Do you feel in any way other? Um, no, not really. Walking down the street, I'm like, okay. It, like, I think in Berlin, it's maybe not as apparent in, as maybe in other cities, but I don't know. I don't know. No, no, not everywhere. Like San Francisco is a place where I wasn't too sure what would happen mm -hmm. there because of like the political BS that happens. But it's been really pleasant. Um, everywhere that I've been to, people were present. So, oh, well, yay. Keep it up. <laughs> This was definitely a subject also at Amaze where people have had trouble getting visas to come to Germany. And yeah. five of the invited speakers couldn't get through. So it's, um, yeah, it's it's, I think it's a real, yeah, it's a real issue that we're going to have to face more and more as, yeah. you know, that our community is somewhat limited in coming together because of the fact that yeah. <laughs> we're not allowed to bring people that we want to hear talk and yeah. see. It's, it's such a shame, to be honest. And that's why part of my talk for Amy's is to bridge these gaps between us and the UAE and other countries that feel isolated and they're like on a deserted island. So we need to bridge, bridge these gaps still make the conversation one-to-one uh, -one instead of like media to people. Mm -hmm. That's not always honest. That's not always true. If you make the conversation between people, you raise awareness. You tell them your perspective of like the world. You tell them how you grew up. You tell them what you do in a normal day life. Um, we're not what the media portrays. We're not like walking, killing machines. <laughs> we don't live in the desert and we're not filthy rich. Mm. Otherwise, I wouldn't need to have like to do 16 hours a day <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't you just live off someone else's oil money like, i know oh we've got it in the backyard <laughs> <laughs> just spouting out yep exactly yeah, yeah. we swim in it too nice yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> you just heat it up just yeah. a little bit so you yeah. can keep it nice and warm yeah. for a jacuzzi yeah exactly so uh, on that note then mm. um what what can we do as indie developers to make it easier to get people from the UAE here to bridge that that gap between remote communities and, I, and European communities? I think, communities. first of all, just check out different mediums of like, I think Twitter is a really great community for indie game devs. Just check out that tag. Um, a couple of guys I know back home and girls who are developing video games are part of Twitter. So just open up that conversation, reach out to me over Twitter or an email, whatever, and we can like start this conversation. Um, I'm starting, um, um, or I would like to start to organize um, in one of the events that we have back home, an indie space where people can come and showcase. Mm -hmm. Since we're very small, like three, four developers that can showcase their work, um, the organizers are not going to give us that space for such a small number. Plus, it'll just like um, hide between all of the things that are happening. I would like it to be like maybe 15 to 20 games that are showcased. And so when we do that, I would love for people to come over there and showcase their work. Uh, we'll give them the space. They can just like fly in, be part of it. They can see the community. They can see people, talk to gamers. And I think starting from there would be great. Um, online communication is also good. We can see the day-to-day -day life of that person and their game's progress. Um, yeah, just like regular stuff. Yeah. Um, and also, what is what can we do to try and help with the misunderstanding of what games is? This is this kind of crazy thing that you're really having a big issue with is mm. people not understanding. So uh, where do you think the... 
where do you think the problem lies? With? Um, you're saying that when you went to get a business that you had issues oh, registering, right, that right. people don't really understand the difference yeah. between... like. I think I think that has to come like, from the government itself. Mm-hmm. Um, because no one has asked them that we need to get this done. No one has done that before, uh, before I did. So you need to get to a tipping point, do you think, as yeah, well? Yeah, okay. I think so. Um, so reaching there, someone has to push for it. Right now, I am pushing for it. Um, I think we, we really lack um, a place for us to be together. Um, so I think I've uh, been considering doing this for a while now. And uh, after May, I'll actually pursue this, is to start um, a space um, in my head, it's called hybrid space, and I want this to have like um, an arcade games place where people can come and play games, and another place for people to learn how to make video games and workshops and a co-working space, and then another one for offices. We would be there, other game studios that would want to establish their their game studios or anything creative really they can rent out these places Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I need to create that ecosystem for people to play, learn and make games and I think that would be a great opportunity for everyone to come together, if we're working on a game and we need to play testers, we can just go downstairs and ask those gamers hey we're making this, how about you come like next week this this time and play this game um, I think if we create that, it would help people to create that ecosystem where they come together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of like doing theme nights and um, like monthly themes for like game consoles where, where we would play this game, make this game and learn about this game. Um, just creating that ecosystem. I think that could help. So I'll start finding investors and start to run um, this business idea. Hopefully. That sounds like an excellent event. Yeah. Like really nice. Um, I hope like we can host events in it, like bring people from outside to do talks and speak, um, encourage them. Um, I'm I'm really active with the community back home. There is an event called Emirates Skills and this event is amazing. I organize and judge the game competition, um, game development competition, but it's so diverse where a group of girls and guys like fixing a machine for a car or helicopter and then a different group of uh group of them are uh, like doing gardening or flower arrangement and it's so cool like people are not really shy about doing certain things because it's not the typical or it's not stereotypical um so i'm really proud of that event and most of these students that i meet are really interested in pursuing this most of them are also doing it for the first time they just like learned it a month ago mm-hmm. but they're really keen yeah it's so like here's my card email me if you need any tips yeah if you need okay. anything so if we had that space they can just like walk in at any time they can speak to me to my team to the community that'll be part of it we just like opens up that conversation that we never had growing up um, so hopefully that will make it bigger and it'll be a lot more interesting because when we had Amy's pop-up show last year in Abu Dhabi, it was really embarrassing. We only had a handful of people at that. It was running around the venue. It was like, hey, come make games. We're going to make a game with us. And they were either creeped out by this girl that was running around <laughs> <laughs> or they were like too shy or like too weirded out. And they're like, okay, I'll just follow. <laughs> and I think see. people are scared though initially because it is... Uh 
it is a big thing. Um, yeah. And I think people's idea of games are also very True. large pieces of media. So they're either on a console or they're these huge games that you hear about on the internet, you know, like, oh, I read about this one. So getting people to think of them as maybe smaller more tangible things that you can actually make that is very true this yeah. is a really big ask that is as well. very true people are like i'm i'm scared like like they're great artists they do like animation they do like they've worked like cartoon network or like they have like a really good experience of being an artist so when i ask them these are my friends <laughs> so when i ask them like hey come like let's make a game together like they're like intimidated by like the sheer capacity of like what they imagine a video game is because what they, what they see is like triple A mm. or maybe indie games, but they don't realize that they could be like small. Yeah. Like they just, it could be an experience of like one minute to maybe an hour, whatever you want it to be. So yeah, we have that perception of that games are kind of intimidating and scary. Mm. People don't know how to program. Like you don't need to worry about programming. There's an application where you don't need to program and we don't necessarily need to create a video game. You can just create a game, physical, like yeah, or draw on the or, board, yeah. uh, on the ground or on the walls or a card game or a board game, like whatever. Do you think they're scared of us as well? I don't think so. Um, we're, That's good. Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I had to ask that because yeah. um, even me, my first... Uh, my first game jam, I was yeah. terrified at going really? and I almost didn't go because I was so scared of going. Okay. So I think, um, yeah, for me, getting over this hurdle of, you know, who I imagine is going to be there, yeah. what I imagine they're going to be like yeah. to me, you know, uh, you know, the total beginner who knows nothing. Right. And it was proven to be totally not true, <laughs> which is why I'm now still in games and working, you know, working in games. Right. But I think that initial hurdle is is a really big one. I don't yeah. know how we reduce that as a... Um, I think just like trying to make the conversation open since I've been hosting the Global Game Jam in Abu Dhabi. We started off with seven people. And the way we do it there is that because we're very, very small, um, everyone introduces themselves. Mm -hmm. And then once we announce the theme we ask people like what is your idea like we take an hour or so for like just thinking about game ideas and we put them all in the walls uh, on the whiteboard and then pe people are created or teams are created based on these ideas there's like we don't want to force you if you want to work on your own you can do that but if you want to like team up with strangers you can also do that if it works out it works out uh, thankfully we didn't really have any big issues Last year, we had a 12-year-old kid that mm -hmm. joined the Game Jam, and he flew in from Amman, which is a different country than the UAE, and it's like uh, five hours drive, and it was him and his dad, and wow. he heard about us through social media, and he wanted to come and do it. I was so proud of that kid, and mm -hmm. he came. Well, he didn't come this year, but he worked with us online. There was like one exception where as the... Uh, like global game jam committee is that okay and like okay cool if you really can't come then it's fine and he worked with us and i'm really really happy with this kid and he can create stuff and he has that passion for it he was like too shy to work with different teams i was like i can do this in my own. I'm like are you sure 
you like, are you okay with everything? Do you need any help with programming, art? And it's like, no, 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 I'm okay. I'm good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. it was great. <laughs> and he helped another team with their code because they had an issue with it. Um, um, that kid is really good. Um, he's got such a leg up too, like starting at that point. Yes, now. I think so too. So out of curiosity, how many people did you have approximately at the Global Game Jam this year? Um, this year was a little... A little compared to last year. Mm-hmm. We had 11. Mm-hmm. Um, two of them were my teammates, so they don't count. So we had nine. And they were all first-timers. That was the amazing part. Um, but they finished the game jam with such a great sense of achievement that they got to create a game for the first time. And it's like playable. No bugs. Well, like minor bugs, but like it works uh, as they intended. Last year we had 22, mm-hmm. uh, which was a really good number. And... Uh, yeah, I think it keeps growing, at least if it was newcomers this year, but we're getting a lot more exposure. Uh, because I don't really have like a lot of time, we don't really have sponsors. Um, the reason, I think the reason we had 11 this year was because I only had the space booked very late because I kept like running around the city trying to find the right place to book for a global game jam. And that was one of the major reasons that we had uh, it booked very late, almost like a few days before the deadline. Okay, uh, so it's not enough time for people to organize themselves. Yeah, for yeah it. exactly. Yeah. I couldn't like tell people about it. Yeah, uh, promote, like, yeah exactly. Come and commit to this when it's not, uh, I'm not committed to a space just yet. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to find a regular home to be able to do that stuff, but yeah. until you have one, it's yeah. quite tough to organize And that's why I think events. this like new business venture could be good because yeah. it could be like the home for the Global Game Jam or any game-related re- event. Mm-hmm. Just have the right equipment, right space, and a good enough internet that could just like be there. Which is super important when people arrive there and no one's got Unity yeah. or everyone's got the wrong version yeah. or you know, there's a program that you have to share or you just want to use Git. Yeah. True. Having an internet connection exactly yeah really important thing although they do manage to get past it on things like uh the The train train jam jam. for instance true did you do the train jam no i've never done it but i really love to um maybe next year the year after i can fly up there and do it that would be an amazing opportunity Uh, it seems (laughs) so magical and like such a beautiful place to like make a video game in um, just passing through the U.S. landscape is is amazing from what I've seen uh, in Adrio talks. There's something really nice about not arriving at a destination yet, like being in this space between two spaces. Mm. I really like that as well. I think it's a wonderful <laughs> time to to make creative work. Right. So I'd, I'd really like to do something like that too. Yeah. We'll see. We, maybe we could like plan together and go for the same train. Uh, or maybe yeah. we can talk to, you know, Eurail <laughs> and yeah. try and organize yeah. one in Europe. <laughs> hey, yeah. Eurail, like you guys, <laughs> your tickets are worth nothing these days. How about <laughs> a giant Eurail jam? Oh, she did. She did mention that there is not a long enough train in Europe to do like the same amount of hours. Really? two hours or something. Yeah. Um, oh, we can just have a that. slightly shorter one. I'd be okay with that. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe if we have, we don't have trains in the UAE. We have a metro. So maybe if we had one, we could do one over there. But a, bit, a metro is still As small in, trains, so right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's only in Dubai. Uh, I'm not sure how far. What is the longest ride? Maybe we could go back and forth in the same track. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, do you have any idea of how long it could be? No, really. I've only been on it once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I have my own car, so I drive around the city. I went there once because 
I had my friends over from like outside. I was like, yeah, let's try the metro. It was my first time with them. I was like, I was kind of the tour guide. I would kind of love you to organize a metro jam. Not in Dubai? How long? Yeah, in Dubai. Not long, knowing, first of all, how long the metro is. <laughs> if you can go back and forward. <laughs> It'd be quite an interesting thing to try. Done. Yeah. All right. She's all got right. like probably about 40 minutes to make a game. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> With five people, no interconnect, internet connection. Only two people have got any sort of... They might have internet connection on the metro because it's Dubai, you know? I guess you've got no information yet about the metro. So nope. this could just be a really interesting yeah, thing. Yeah, I know it's... Blue and color uh, and blue and gray, the colors of the metro. <laughs> that's well, that's yeah, that's the only info I've got. That's really great information to, to book a train jam. I'm a great on. source of information about Dubai. On, about uh, yeah, and about the metro in Dubai, yeah. particularly as well. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll look into it. Maybe we could do something about that. It'll be a weird metro game jam. Yeah, I'm waiting with bated breath. Okay. <laughs> to see, yeah, to see, first of all, how long you actually have to do anything. But sure, let's, you know, yeah. I'd like to know, just, just out of curiosity, now I'd really like to know how long that Metro trip okay. is. <laughs> I'll let you know over Twitter. It's going to be a couple of days. Okay, good. Let me, yeah, when you when you get back and you're over jet lag, yeah, yeah please let okay. me know. We'll do. <laughs> I know the buses are a lot longer trips because they're buses. I get motion sick on buses. You do? Yeah. How? But do you they get emotion sickness in cars? Yeah, if I'm oh, okay. if I'm if I'm trying to read or work on a computer, yeah. Okay, but the train well, has I get the nice that. the nice thing of being fairly stable, and it's quite easy to hmm. to work okay. on a train. Okay, mm. I'm, I'm not used to, to trains. I think they're all the same, but I do get emotion sick uh, when I read something in the car. Yeah. yeah, anything on your phone is okay, but like an actual book, it's like ugh, no. Anything moving on a phone is okay for me. Like if I watch a, I can watch a little bit of a film, mm. but then at some point I do have to turn it off. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it's not great. Okay. There also is a real problem with first-person shooters. I can't play a first-person shooter for more that than about is or first-person interesting. games. Yeah. Mm. Um, do you f- so like in in the academy when we were like learning about game theory, uh, the professor was like, women are more s- like susceptible to getting motion sickness in FPS than. Uh, men because of like the vision um, that women have it's like wider so FPS are like constraint and we can get more motion sickness because of the when you say vision do you mean our peripheral vision yes Ah, Yes. right okay so it's like huh interesting um so I need to limit my peripheral vision and maybe I'll be less motion maybe yeah yeah I don't really get motion sick a lot so I can't really test it to myself but please do if like just limit it like I'm gonna put some blinkers on like a horse (laughs) and see if I can and see if I'm better with FPS try Um, that yeah yeah Yeah, I'd really like to finish Firewatch and I keep talking about finishing Firewatch but my sessions are so limited Uh in time so I get about 45 minutes of Firewatch okay okay yeah Yeah. that's not enough no it's really not no did you try Overwatch I haven't yet I'm scared I'm gonna have the same problem okay there are a lot of things that move the move around the screen, so no, it's blinker time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll let you know. I'll make some and I'll attach them to a headband. Maybe that's the best <laughs> yeah, way to do it, or yeah. even a headset. I guess yeah. I could attach them to my headphones, True. and that would, that would work pretty well. Yeah, just like block it. 
pluck it. Yeah, big yeah. pieces of like carton, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this paper. is going to be a really attractive uh, like set of blinkers. But yeah, it doesn't need to be attractive. It just no. needs to serve. This is interesting. I didn't like know sci- about this. A scientific experiment. I will check this out. Yeah. If you have any links to it, let me know. Okay. If you okay. if you don't, that's fine. I'll I'll look it up and see if I can find it myself. Okay. But, no. Okay. It was it was like uh, in class. So, but I'll find I'll find uh, some references. Oh, I grew up playing with uh, my sister um, uh, on uh, N64 mm-hmm. Goldeneye. Yeah. That was our game to play it like together. It was super fun. She doesn't play anymore, so I can't really test on her. And I've got myself, and I'm like, mm, no, my friends are you don't get motion sickness as well so it's really hard to, to do anything but i've got a big meetup this friday with my friends that we're gonna like come to my studio and just like chill and play video games and board games for like the whole day i'm yeah i'm really looking forward to that so have you curated a day of games have you yep yeah yep. okay That's so, so what friday you, 5th of may what are your selections for the day uh so far cards against humanity uh coup and uh werewolf possibly and we're gonna go for mario kart on the switch for most of the day yeah, <laughs> and that's it, guys. Yeah, <laughs> Mario Mario Kart. Because yeah. I'm really looking forward to that game. Yeah, I didn't try the 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 Wii U version, and I got the Switch, but I still haven't played that yet because um, I don't care for the games that came out. Um, I've got Mario Kart to look forward to. She's not a Zelda fan. Not so much, really. I, it's yeah interesting to hear from someone who bought a Switch who isn't a Zelda fan because so far yeah. there's not many. Yeah. Yes, um, I got a Switch because I wanted to play 1-2-Switch. Yeah. Wait, which I one's 1-2-Switch? Like the weird mini games. Oh, they're quite game. odd, aren't they? Yeah, the Milky Cow. That's amazing. The samurai one with like holding the, the swords, that was pretty cool too. We played the sandwich game, which was really odd. The uh, sandwich game? Haven't yeah. tried that one and yet. And there's a baby one, which is super weird. <laughs> I w- didn't know what to do. Like it's a really weird face that occurs yeah. that, like, t- that you see. And I've seen my friend play it, but I didn't try it myself. It's so strange to see that game because in the last game jump, the theme, the theme was... Uh, uh, waves so the game that w- we ended up creating is like you have to wave your baby to sleep Aww. and you have to hold your phone and like nurse them and you have to like swing your phone based on the music that you hear so there's a bit of like rhythm to it where like swinging but you have it was like a nursery simulator um so it's so bizarre to like see that game did concept. it have a really weird face on it as well because i feel like no the, that, no the face no on it, it wasn't really a weird face but I'll, I'll see which weird face nintendo came up with it's very strange okay i feel like they tried to do something which was um well they've got little videos in front of all of the games true which are I thought also that was strange I they was like, are strange i mean they look really pretty Yes. But the people they've chosen to be in, the, it, it's very... Um, okay. It's weird. It's it's just an odd selection of people will say that. Okay. And it looks really strange. Like they've chosen these kind of like very clean, minimalistic, but in like cu- pastel colours or strange right. colours. And then, and then you've right. got this like weird baby face <laughs> on a it's a really odd combination of things it's something that doesn't kind of feel right about it okay. for me like i like that they've tried to play with the different functionality mm. that the switch has and that's yeah. obviously what these games are 
designed to do is yeah. be like, look how many ways you can use a switch. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how many people would choose to like play the weird baby game with a really ugly baby confused face yeah. on it. Or um, I'll find that one and <laughs> I'll try and play it. Yeah, my favorite was like the Kalma King when he saw the ass. I'm like, I have to try this. I found I've, that one really odd. Yeah. I have to say. Um, the one with the balls, like the buzzer, like you have to like tell how many balls are inside the, the controller. I haven't played that one. No? No. That was really cool too. Uh, like just the haptic feedback for it. Mm. Uh, I like these bizarre experimental games and new consoles that's... Uh, Part of like why I love uh, the Wii. It was so much fun, especially with the Raving Rabbits games. They were super fun. I would be like sitting in my living room alone. My brother would pass by. And I was like, "What are you laughing? Who are you with?" I'm like, "No one. I'm just having super time with this game." <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I love I love these kind of experiences. Not a big Zelda fan, but I love what they've done with this game. So mm. I'll eventually try it. I can't wait for Mario. <laughs> Yeah, this Mario Kart and the Mario Adventure, the Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. It's good that they're announcing new things as well because it felt like there was not a lot to go on. True, it was really disappointing. Just like speaking purely on a lunch uh, on a lunch lineup, it was like, are you kidding me? Like that's not how you do it. You want to have like a fail console like the Wii U? (laughs) It was bizarre, but yeah, I don't know. I guess they just hoped the Zelda will like give them enough push. Yeah, and they kind of expected a lot of players to trust in the fact that more games would follow. Yeah. Which is yeah. seems an interesting strategy. But True. See, if it wasn't for the Mario Kart coming up, I would have like not have purchased it until the Mario Odyssey came. But uh, the team and I, we do like our meetly game night and we either like play video games or just like go watch a movie or hang out somewhere. And it's also like part of that. Like we can just play Mario Kart. For, for a night. <laughs> that is a good evening. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, It should be fun. Last week we went to watch a movie. Um, I forget what it is, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, I think, Fast and Furious 7. Oh, dear. Okay, I, I cannot comment on that. I, oh, <laughs> no, I'm ridiculous. out. I'm out. <laughs> okay. Let's okay, not. before we go down the Fast and Furious. No, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you so much for... For being on the show, it was really thank wonderful you to have you. Thank you for having me. Thank and you. Using your short time in Berlin to come, it's really, really appreciated. No, thank I you. love doing this. It's really good. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, if people want to find you, what's the best place? Uh, they can find me on uh, Twitter. I'm really active there. Uh, it's at hybridhuman underscore, or at hybridhumans, and they can like see my personal um, Twitter handle on the description. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. And I'll do some links in the uh, show notes if anyone's needs some extra contacts and about what we've talked about today. Okay. And I want to say thank you, Farquhar. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you for everyone that's listening. And hopefully bridging these gaps will like bring us closer and we get to see weird creations from all over the world. Because games can bring us closer and weirder. <laughs> Closer and weirder. Yeah. Closer and weirder. Yeah. I like that too. <laughs> uh, so I've been your host today. I'm Elise Terranova. If you want to follow me, I'm imaginary underscore lines, as in the lines that you draw, not lines that go rawr. Um Also, if you want to uh, tweet at the podcast, it's uh, life and dev pod. The website is lifeanddev.com. I would appreciate any feedback that you have, comments, go for it. I'm I'm open and willing willing to hear and learn from 
whatever you've got to say. If you want to throw some stars my way uh, and some ratings my way on iTunes, that would be fantastic. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah, so let me let me know. Get in contact. If there's anyone you want to hear from, particularly in the Burlingame scene, uh, let me know. Um, we'd love to have your feedback. So thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Ciao. Ciao. Bye. <laughs>